0: Hello and welcome to the Oak Sermon Podcast. This week we start a new sermon series called Dangerous Prayers. Join us as our pastor Trevor leads us in Dangerous Prayers. Search me. Enjoy. Good morning and welcome to a brand new preaching series we're starting called Dangerous Prayers. Now, this actually started as a a blog post that I think I wrote a few years ago that I found uh, because I was looking through the Bible and I was thinking about my prayer life. I was thinking about God answering prayers and uh, how much we long to see answers to prayers. And then I started to read prayers in the Bible that I questioned, do I really want God to answer those prayers? They're dangerous prayers, prayers that if you pray them, you might actually appear a bit scared that God Actually, might answer them. Today's dangerous prayer this week is called Search Me. And this is about asking God to take a good look inside our lives, to search inside of us. If you were going to ask someone for feedback, You wanted someone to tell you something about yourself, maybe you you, you did something and you want someone to give you feedback, or how do I look today, or whatever, you want to get feedback from someone, I wonder what sort of person you would ask, who would you trust to give you good feedback? I think there's an age-old debate amongst us guys of when your wife asks the question, does my bum look big in this, what do you say? I remember a Christmas do um, when I was with a team of just guys. I remember a Christmas do, a whole debate going on about this, about what do you say? And I was saying, I always try to tell the truth. I might think about how tactfully I'll put it, but it's better to be truthful. And others were like, no, 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 they don't really want to hear the truth. What they want to hear is they look amazing, even if they don't. Do you tell the truth or do you tell a half truth? A half truth is what the Bible calls a lie, but we dumb it down by saying half truth. Let me tell you, when we ask God to search us and to tell us what he is seeing, we don't get the half-truth, we get the truth. And so when we ask God, search me, when we pray those words, be careful what you pray for. I'm really excited to preach this message because it comes from what I would say is my most favourite chapter in the Bible. Maybe I've got a few, but this is definitely up there in the top 10. One of my most favourite chapters. And I can't tell you how many times I've read this part of the Bible. It's a common place I go to a number of times in my life. I think I've grown to love this chapter in the Bible a lot more in the, in the past, I don't know, five, 10 years maybe. But I, I love this. And it contains our first dangerous prayer. So if you've got your Bible with you, I want you to open it to the book of Psalms, to the book of Psalms, to chapter 139. And I encourage you, please do get an app or or your your, uh, paper Bible, wherever you can. I really want you to hold open the Bible to Psalm 139 because I want to show you some great truths in this Bible passage, and I want to speak about it. I love this chapter, but particularly the prayer that is at the end of Psalm 139. So in the last two verses of Psalm 139, in verse 23 and 24, we hear a prayer. And I'm going to read it to you from the New American Standard Version. This is what the prayer says in Psalm 139, 23 to 24. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts, and see if there's any hurtful way in me. And lead me in the everlasting way. Who said prayers have to be long? (laughs) I'm someone who can ramble on quite a lot, but this is a great prayer that's just nice and short. And it's a powerful prayer, a really powerful prayer. And I want to just stop right at the beginning of this sermon and ask you to pray this prayer with me. That's the whole purpose of this sermon. It's not to give you head knowledge or to, um, uh, to do anything else other than to direct us towards praying this prayer. And so we'll pray at the end of this sermon, but I, I want to ask you now, would you join with me and pray in praying this prayer? So, you know, put aside all distractions, just focus for this moment. This is a moment for you and I to speak to God in words that have already been written for us. Just put aside all the things that might get in the way. And just still your heart, excuse me. Just still your heart. Just allow yourself to slow down. Give God the full attention of your heart. And you can pray with your eyes open because the words are going to be on the screen. And I encourage you to say them out loud. Don't just listen to me and then amen it. I encourage you, say this prayer with me. Search me, oh God and know my heart, try me, and know my anxious thoughts, and see if there is any hurtful way in me, and lead me in the everlasting way, amen. What did we just pray? What did you just pray? What did we just ask God to do? I said, be careful what you pray for. God might just do it. Just think about what you've just prayed. And imagine, sorry, I've got a bit of a throat thing today. Imagine asking someone. You could ask me, you could ask your spouse, your best friend. Imagine asking them and saying, hey, can you do a favour? Look inside me. Look inside my heart. Imagine sharing everything that's inside your heart with this person. Imagine saying to them, would you, would you put me to the test? Would you put me through trials that will surface my anxiety? Test me to the point of anxiety. And, and, and look inside my life and see the things that are hurtful. The things that are damaging, the things that are sinful, the things that God would grieve about. Look at these and open those up. Imagine opening this up to this friend and then saying to them, and now would you be in the driving seat? Would you take control? You make the decisions. you direct where my life's going to go? And that's a lot of trust to put in a person. A lot of trust. And we've just prayed that to God. We've just asked God to do that in our lives and praise God. What a God we can trust. Look at verse one and verse 23 of this chapter. It's really strange. Sometimes we read the Bible and we don't stop and look. Verse one says this, "O Lord, you have searched me and know me. He's saying, you've already done that good. You've already searched me and you already know me. And then by the time he gets to 23, he says again, search me, O God, and know my heart. He starts this chapter by saying, God, you've already searched me. You already know all about me. But he ends with saying, God, would you search me? And if you break down the way this, this chapter goes, he starts with this reality of saying, God, you've al- you already know me. You've already searched me. You already know all about me, God. He starts in that place. And then he spends most of the chapter just pondering what it really means to be someone who is searched by God, who is known by God. What is the reality of a God who does that? He then leads on in verse 19 to 22 to just contrast the greatness of God with the evil that's around him. And anger rises within him at the state of the world around him. And then he cries out the prayer that we've just prayed, God, search me some more. This chapter in the Bible is telling us that it's not just a one-off prayer, it's a cycle of prayer. It's a prayer that starts by saying, God, you know me and you've searched me. And it ends with saying, God, come search me some more, know me more, become closer in my life. And that's why I think I've gone back to this chapter and this prayer so many times. Because it's not a one-time deal, it's a prayer that we build into our lives, that we regularly pray this dangerous prayer Of search me so let's read Psalm 139 in full the whole chapter and hear the flow of it and I want to encourage you again to speak out loud once you read it with me the words will be on the screen when you read it out loud it's great to confess scripture and so you might have a different version of your Bible open in front of you that's great but why don't we read together from the New American Standard Psalm 139 for the whole chapter O Lord You have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise. You understand my thoughts from afar. You scrutinize my path and my lying down and are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there's a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all. You have enclosed me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful to me. It's too high, I cannot attain to it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the dawn, If I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and your right hand will lay hold of me. If I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me and the light around me will be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you and the night is as bright as the day. Darkness and light are alike to you. For you formed my inward parts You wove me in my mother's womb, and I will give thanks to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me when as yet there was not one of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me. Oh God, how vast are the sum of them. If I should count them, they would outnumber the sand. When I wake, I'm still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, oh God. Depart from me, therefore men of bloodshed, for they speak against you wickedly and your enemies take your name in vain. Do not hate those who hate you, Lord, and do not loathe those who rise up against you. I hate them with the utmost hatred. They've become my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there's any hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. I want us to get to know the God that we are praying to. I said earlier, if we're gonna ask God to look inside our hearts, to test us to the point of anxiety, to find out the hurtful, sinful ways deep within us and to take control of our lives, to direct the paths of our lives, we better know the God that we're praying to. And Psalm 139 speaks so much about the God that we're praying to. Firstly, he's a God who knows. He knows everything about us. Nothing is hidden from him. That's what verse one tells us, that he knows everything already. He knows everything that we do. (laughs) When I sit down, when I rise, he says, you understand even my thoughts from far." God knows our thoughts. You know, when I sit down or when I'm traveling, when I'm resting or working, Think about this when I'm sitting on the sofa watching Netflix or walking the dogs, God is there. Whatever you are doing, God is there. He knows. He knows the thoughts in our mind, the words of our mouth, even before they're in our mouth. Did you see that in verse 4? He says, Even before there's a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all. Just ponder that, that God knows the words that we're about to say. I don't know about you, sometimes the words that come out of my mouth are formed in my mind. I think about what I'm going to say. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes they just come out. But sometimes I think about what I'm going to say. And God knows the thoughts that are going on before the words come out. So he not only knows the words that you get to hear when you hear someone speak, he gets to hear the forming process. He gets to hear the motives of the words that we speak. Whether they're to flatter someone or to boast them or to have some false humility or to go oh no don't worry about it he knows what's really going on inside you know when you say to someone you get a birthday present oh thank you so much for that birthday present and they hear those words god hears the bit inside you that goes why on earth would they think i want that for a birthday present but no what comes out is thank you so much (laughs) or when you text someone the words that you speak via text, when you go, hi, how are you doing today? He knows what you're thinking when you're going, go on, ask me, ask me how I'm doing. Please, let me tell I've got stuff to tell you. Oh no, how are you doing? God hears it, he knows it. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 13, it says a similar thing. It says, and no creature is hidden from your sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account i don't know about you but if i think about every someone knowing all about me there's some bits i don't tell everybody about there's some bits deep within me that i don't want people to see and this idea of being naked and exposed before god that he sees it all and he is the one to whom we must give account i wonder what picture that conjures up in your mind when you hear those words to whom we must give account well praise god he's not only a god who knows he's a god who cares It says about, he's he's enclosing us, he says he goes behind us and before us and he has his hand upon us. He is a God who protects, that's what that's speaking of. This hand of protection where he's going before us and behind us, like an army would go in in front and uh, behind a king to protect them. He is uh, surrounding us. And he has his hand upon us. That hand in the Bible is symbolic of a hand of blessing. When someone would lay a hand on someone's head, they would bless them. He is a God who is protecting us and blessing us. He's guiding and strengthening us. As much as we are praying, God, lead my life. The psalmist says in verse 10, he says, even there, your hand will lead me. Wherever I am, you will lead me. And your right hand will lay hold of me. God is leading and guiding and protecting. He is nurturing us. And He thinks about you. He thinks about you so much. And His thoughts are so precious towards you. So often people get this picture of God like an angry God, but the Bible describes a God who has precious thoughts towards you. That's what verse 17 tells us. It says, How precious are your thoughts to me, O God. The thoughts that you have to me, the thoughts that God has for you, they are precious. And they're beyond being able to number them. How vast is the sum of them, he says. And he's thinking about you more than we can understand. So what verse 18 says, is, if I should try to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. He's precious thoughts for you. He's not only a God who knows us intimately naked and exposed every part of us he also is the God who cares and he's the God who's everywhere that's what he goes on to say we can't get away from God's presence no matter where you go you cannot escape God he is there protecting guiding knowing us seeing everything verse 7 said this is where can I go from your spirit O God where can i flee from you i can't get away from you god we did a little series on jonah a little while back and jonah couldn't get away from god when he was running but also there's no place you're going to go that god isn't there he says it's almost like he draws a picture he's going there's nowhere i can go he goes upwards and downwards he goes if i go up to heaven you're there if i go down to shell that's the place of the grave to the pit you're there you're in both those places god he also talks to the east and the west you might not capture it but he says if i take the wings of the dawn well the dawn rises in the east so if i fly towards the east where the sun rises or if i dwell in the remotest part of the sea this this psalm was written as most of the bible was in the, the in israel and around the the, 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 the you know uh, in the middle east where israel is that's a place where to the east is where the sun rises and to the west is where the sea is. He's going, you know what, if I go up, you're there. If I go down, you're there. If I go east or west, you're there. I thought about it practically as well. You know, it, when we can get back on an aeroplane, you can go on an aeroplane, he is there. You could be one of those people who have gone to of space to visit the moon or the space stations. God is there. You could be a deep sea diver, going as deep as you want to in the ocean. He is there. You cannot escape his presence. And also not just geographically, but even in our darkest moments. In the moments when either our sin has so enveloped us, he is still there with us. Or even the darkness of the night or the darkness of depression or the weight of the world, he is there. So verse 11 and 12 tells us, even the darkness won't overwhelm me. It says the light he says the night is like the light to you, God. It's like God has, has this um, night vision. He sees even in the dark places. He sees, he is there. You cannot escape him. Oh, praise God, you can't escape him. He knows us and he cares for us and he is everywhere. But he's, you know, just uh, uh, for you Doctor Who fans, just think about the TARDIS. The TARDIS could go in different dimensions. But it could go through time as well so god is not only in the up and the down and the east and the west in the light and the dark he is in time he is a god in charge of our time i don't just mean he's in charge of time he is in charge of time but he's in charge of our time he's in charge of your time from our very very beginning he was involved before we were even born Verse 13 said this, that he made us, our inner delicate parts, woven in the womb. From the moment of conception, verse 15 alludes to this, it goes, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret. <laughs> it's like the secret place where a man and a woman go and a baby is conceived. He was there in the secret place. Jeremiah 1.5 takes it even further says that God even knew us before conception occurred. That's what Jeremiah says. He says, you knew me even before I was in the womb. God says, you know, even before that occurred, even before conception, God says, I knew you. I know you. I created you. I formed you, your character. And this, this character and this personality and this being that we are is so mysteriously complex. Verse 14 has this phrase that maybe doesn't speak as well to us about being fearfully and wonderfully made. This fearful bit is is going, wow, it is is quite awe-inspiring how complicated the human body is. And not only human body, but the human mind. And, And I don't know about you, I'm mysteriously complex. And you are mysteriously complex. That's how the Passion Translation and the New Living Translation, they describe it. It's a wonderful thing. No wonder you don't understand yourself. You're mysteriously complex, but God does. He's in charge of our time. He made us in this way. And not just in our conception or even before that, but he has got every single one of our days in his hand. So what he says in verse 16, your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book, were all written, the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there wasn't one of them. He is the author of the book that we thought we were writing. (laughs) He's got those days in his hand. He has them all. He knows what's going on. So when we ask God to look inside our hearts, when we ask him to test us to the point of anxiety, when we ask him to, search with us to find out the deep things of us, the sinful things in our life, to root them out, to take control of our lives, to lead our path. This is the God that we're asking. The God beyond our understanding. The God beyond our understanding, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too high to attain to. Oh, the depths of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments. How unscrutable are his ways. For his thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are your ways his ways. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so are his ways higher than our ways. And his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. These are the words that come from Romans 11:33 and from Isaiah 558 eight to nine. They're great declarations of the greatness of God. So when you pray, search my heart, try my limits, see my sin, lead my life. We are speaking a prayer of absolute surrender and trust. Trust in the one who made you, the one who sees you, the one who will never leave you, the one who spends every waking moment protecting you and surrounding you, who knows you better than you know yourself. The one who formed you and made you and knows every day that you live. The one who thinks so many precious thoughts about you that there are too many than we can count. It's to him that we say, search me, try my limits, see my sin, lead my life. That's a prayer that is in the Psalms. It's a prayer I encourage us to pray. But there is one who has already prayed that prayer. How did Jesus pray this prayer? Jesus was, uh, had the book of Psalms. Jesus would have applied the word of God, the Old Testament to his life. How did Jesus pray this dangerous prayer? Just think about Jesus. When he would say, search my heart, he's saying, God, come close to me. That's what this description of being searched by God is that God is everywhere we are. And Jesus said that I and the Father are one. Jesus and the Father are so close. The searching is 100%, a complete overlapping here. Jesus says, I and the Father are one. When he prays, try my limits. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. You know, he is the one who sweat blood. He was in so much anguish in the garden. You can read about that in Luke chapter 22. Jesus is in so much anguish, mental strain, anxiety, that he sweats blood. That's extreme anxiety. Jesus prayed, test me to the point of anxiety. And in the garden of Gethsemane, he is in the point of most anxiety. Let me tell you, don't let anybody tell you that anxiety is a lack of faith. Don't let anyone put that on you. Don't let anyone tell you that anxiety is a sin. Jesus was anxious in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he didn't sin, he didn't have a lack of faith. He lived out that prayer that says, hey God, test me to the point of anxiety. Because anxiety is not a lack of faith. Anxiety is not a sin. Anxiety is an invitation to surrender to God. <laughs> I had that this morning, I got to hear right. Um, <laughs> this month is getting pretty tight financially, and we're just waiting for payday and you know everything's a bit you know dodgy. And, and, and then I'm praying this prayer this morning. I'm laying down oh, and I'm sitting down, kneeling down by my bedside, and I'm praying this prayer, and I'm praying, Lord, test me to the point of anxiety. It's a dangerous prayer to pray. And I come downstairs and the dishwasher's broken. Now, maybe we can fix it. Maybe I've got to replace it. And I'm like, oh, thanks, God. I'm thanks, I prayed this. And within me, anxiety rises. How are we going to afford this? What are we going to do? Anxiety rises. And it's an invitation to surrender for God to say, why don't you trust me? Hey, son, why don't you trust me? Anxiety is not a lack of faith. It is being tested to the limits where God says, here's an area that you can surrender to me. When Jesus prayed, see my sin. Look deep inside me, point out anything you find out. You know what? There was no bit of sin there to find. God did the opposite. God spoke over his son's life. The, the, The son who lived a blameless life, he spoke over him and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And when Jesus prayed, lead my life, Lead me along the path of everlasting life. You know, I saw Jesus fulfill this in two ways. Jesus, firstly, he said, he said, I only do what the Father tells me to do. I only speak the words that the Father tells me to speak. He had surrendered his will to God. He said, God, you lead me on the path. You take control. God, I'm only going to go where you tell me to go. I'm only going to say what you tell me to say. But one amazing promise as well, this idea in the Psalms where he says, lead me along the path of everlasting life. Jesus himself was the path of everlasting life. He was the one who said, I am the way, the truth and the life. He was the path. So I I wanna take this time to ask us to pray. I want to take this last part of the service or the last part of this sermon and actually invite us to pray this prayer again to take time not just to hear something just to read it and go i love that scripture but to put it into practice to take some time to pray and so again i would say just still your heart we're gonna have a short time of prayer get rid of distractions focus on the God who's in the room with you right now. The one who cares, the one who knows, the one who's beyond time, the one who is in all places, the one who's protecting you, the one who knows everything about you. And we're gonna pray for God and ask him to look deep inside our heart. We're gonna ask him to to test us. Say, God, take me to that point of anxiety so that I can surrender something else to you, God. I'm going to say, God, would you search me and find the sinful things in my life? Bring them to my awareness so I can confess them to you so you can change me, God. And Lord, take control of my life. So let's have a prayer time. I'm going to lead you. You don't have to have your eyes open, you can shut them. We're just going to take four little sections to go through each of these four things. Search me, try me, look inside me, lead me. We're going to take each one of those. And I'm going to say a few words and then I'm going to leave space for you just to talk to God and to step into this prayer. Just still your heart. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, come have your way in this moment. Wherever people are. Lord, may our soul focus be upon you. And Lord, we pray, search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Lord, we invite you, look right inside of us. You've already searched us, God, but we open ourselves to you, Lord. Search my heart. Know me deeply. And Lord, we want to pray a dangerous prayer. Would you try me, God? Try me and know my anxious thoughts. Lord, don't let me live a comfortable life. Test me. Test me, God, so that in that squeezing realm, in that place where I am under, the testing things surface in my life so I can surrender them to you so I can invite you into my life, Lord. So I can see what's not of you and what I need to surrender to you. God, I invite you and I ask you, Lord, test me and know my anxious thoughts. Help me to surrender my anxiety to you. Help me to take those moments and place my trust in you. Lord, see if there are any hurtful ways in me. See my sin. Find out the hurtful, grievous ways in me. Bring the conviction of your Holy Spirit, Lord. Help me to change. Let me become more aware of what offends you so I can receive your forgiveness and the work of the cross to change me. And Lord, lead me in the everlasting way. Lord, lead my life. Every step, take control of my life. Direct my path. And Lord, lead me into the abundant life, the abundant life that Jesus promised that we would have life and life in abundance. Lord, lead my life, I pray. In the name of Jesus we pray this, amen.